0: The Very Serious Crafts podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash serious crafts to support our podcast. Find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes and more.
1: Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 14 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive.
0: And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Today we'll be talking about creative flair from the
1: past. Yes. It's Mm, true. I like it.
0: Yeah. But before we jump into that, per usual, we would like to give a shout out to our very serious crafts podcast friends who are supporting us on Patreon. Uh, you guys are the best. Obviously. And also, if you happen to be listening to this episode and you don't know, there is an entire back catalog, many seasons of half stitched bonus episode recordings waiting for you if you join us on Patreon. And they are a little. They're a little quirky um, they can and quirky. a lot of fun. And by quirky, I mean, if you like us, you'll really like them. If you, if you don't, <laughs> I mean, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, you should join us because there is so much additional fun content. And we go down rabbit holes with unabashed glee
1: yes yes we do always Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) always and then some i think oh yeah uh but yeah so today though on this particular regular episode rabbit hole yes uh we're we're here to discuss some historical crafts that inspire us and i don't know maybe i've i want to make sure that i understand this clearly like cuz i would say that a lot of crafts that we have now are historical and maybe that could like play into what you what you appreciate about them but like maybe more specific things that that really impress or or inspire us is that accurate is that where we're yeah. going yeah so yeah okay i'm
0: thinking about the projects of old um Mm -hmm. so generally speaking um antique or historic projects that i look at when i want to have my creativity feel refreshed when i want to remember the things that made me want to do this to begin with and um just the things that i think are neat because a lot of times what we think of as modern takes on, like embroidery, cross stitch, whatever, yeah, are actually very, very old takes on it that have just uh, they just look fresh again because yeah. design aesthetics have changed, and I think. A really good example of that is probably my favorite thing. And I've definitely talked about this on a previous podcast episode. But I love Quaker samplers. Yeah. Because they are, I mean, sometimes they're black work. Sometimes they are colorful, but not... Uh, In a very specific way, not uh, in sort of a almost muted tones, but Mm -hmm. sometimes very saturated muted tones, if that makes sense. So like very saturated rusts and dark blues and just things like that. And I love them for reasons that people would probably think that I would hate them, (laughs) which is... They are not, they're very geometric, which I yeah. absolutely love about them. And they are, generally speaking, cross-stitch. I don't think I've ever seen one that wasn't cross-stitch. Right. And they often include the normal things that samplers do. So, like, either a small Bible verse or... An alphabet. Um, if there's, yeah, yeah, an alphabet, numbers, if their um, student done they will almost always have that plus the name and the year Um, sometimes they will have family information but they also have these geometric almost snowflake looking motifs Mm -hmm. that are either around it or in borders and they are not necessarily centered
1: they yeah, they're are, they're not all symmetrical. Occasionally, you see one that is.
0: Yeah, but and I mean, the designs themselves are symmetrical, but the they are piece, not necessarily yeah. symmetrically stitched. Yeah, on the piece, yeah. they might be offset. Yeah. by a few, um, or by a few squares. Yeah, and so I, I just really like them because it's so hard. To make something like that look good and on purpose and not like a mistake. Yeah. And all of these look, or all of them that I have seen that are really cool examples, they look really, really on purpose. They, yeah. they do not look as though someone has miscounted. And I just, I love them. I also love, like, um, black work and red work and stuff like that, and this is very, very heavily borrowing from a lot of those traditions. Yeah,
1: in this in this category, first of all, i I wanted to be like looking at some of these while we were discussing them. Yeah. So I have just found a link that you absolutely need to see if you haven't seen already. I I put it into our little document so that you can find it. It's under the show notes section. Wait till you see this. I'm gonna we're gonna pause while Haley clicks and it loads up has it come up yet do you see what this is you know what's funny I posted yesterday
0: on my Instagram stories Uh maybe something by yeah this um, so but it's a
1: this is a a (laughs) Quaker style sampler but it is all Halloween themed so there's there's several witches. I am utterly there's delighted. uh like a little pumpkin person, couple pumpkin people, um, all that sort of thing. I, you know, and no, lots of black yep, cats. Yeah, crows, pumpkins, all of you know. But ghosts. the words
0: I think are maybe my favorite. Yeah. Owls. Creepy uh-huh. bats. Cats. Yep. October 31st. And then there's a year, yeah. um, which would need to be yeah, be yeah, updated. yeah. But
1: it's very but it's it's adorable. Now Yeah, it's it's like all of my interest meeting yeah. in yep. one place. Candles, we've got candles, yeah, it's good. Um so a friend of mine recently purchased a sampler kit. It's not quite the the Quaker style, if I recall. I'll have to find a link for it, but it's a it's a dinosaur sampler that is just it's wonderful. And when when she showed me that I instantly started thinking, I really, really, really want to design a cross stitch sampler in this in this uh, feeling. You know, the like the the dinosaur one she she has, and then this one. Yeah, um, I'll find that dinosaur one to put in the show notes. It's it only comes as a kit from Russia. It's expensive, but it's gorgeous. So, uh, but I just that. Like you said, like a historical craft that inspires us now. Uh, This is this is perfect. It's perfect for that. I love it. They blow my mind
0: every time I look at them and every time I see new examples. It's one of those things that just makes me immediately want to go off and design a thing like that. Or uh, there are very few things that I also just would stitch someone else's pattern because I'm not – I don't generally do that because I do design, Mm -hmm. but I would absolutely work on a reproduction of some of these just because they look so cool. And you can get kits that are reproductions of historic samplers. that's –
1: I mean – all you have to do is a Google search. I, I was I went under the Google image search so that I could just be looking at those. And then there's like they give you, you know the little subcategories, and those subcategories will take you down like specific historical yeah samplers. The Ackworth School is the.
0: Um... The specific group okay. of samplers that I find to be most um, inspiring. Um, they are schoolgirl samplers from a school called okay. Ackworth. And I, I yeah. just love There's them. also
1: like one of the categories was a, Forget Me Not, which it seems to be like a historical one, but also like that there's similar things in that category. Or there's the Hannah Gilpin sampler and then there's reproduction patterns of it and different ones that apparently Hannah made. Uh but yeah, it's it's really it is a, a whole it is a whole world. Yeah. And like a lot of
0: these have historic significance and you can like you can learn all about the the different um Needle women who have made a lot of these because they their styles are so specific to them and so recognizable mm-hmm. that like much like some quilters, you can tell who did it, even though it's something as seemingly generic as cross stitch, and you wouldn't think you would able be yeah. able to tell yeah. the difference. But you absolutely can. And I just, I think that is really, really interesting. Um, And I would have been mad if I had been made to do these as a schoolgirl, I think. (laughs) But, or maybe I would have really enjoyed it. I'm not sure. Um, But they are just so interesting and so weird. (laughs) And I married into a Quaker family. I had a Quaker wedding. Like I have at least some insight into the traditions by way of my in-laws. And it is... There, there are some things that are very simple and straightforward about the culture. And then there are unexpected... Bursts of beauty and creativity and i think that's true in the religion also um because it's sort of like when you are inspired to act you are encouraged to do so and these kind of feel like the embodiment of that
1: yeah i like that that's uh
0: yeah and i didn't mean to just talk about quaker samplers but i guess i'm gonna
1: (laughs) you know hey this is that's fine i you know one of the things that i had thought about and it's kind of goes along with this is um needlepoint and again yeah i you know needlepoint it has existed and been you know people have been doing needlepoint consistently since it began like it's not like oh well this only happened mm-hmm. a long time ago in the same way that people have been cross stitching samplers for forever but yeah. maria
0: antoinette even did her own needlepoint that's on display See, so night. you
1: have these like very Historic pieces, um, Bargello embroidery is kind of one of those those things yeah. too. It's you know it's like a form of needlepoint, just in a in a different way. Yeah, it and it looks very modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but actually, but it is it's yeah it's a very historic piece uh, of a type of embroidery or or needlepoint, and um yeah it's obviously it has made a big comeback, but it's it's very uh when you look at going back uh a long while and see where it came from uh yeah it's really cool and the Victorian Albert Museum has well first of all they they actually have a tutorial on their like their maker section of their website they have a, a bargello embroidery um i section. am also
0: looking at the Victorian Albert <laughs> yeah, museum that's right. website. and th- so
1: i um, i love they have um It's called Embroidery Styles, an illustrated guide. And one of the things that they have there are a pair of shoes uh, from somewhere between 1730 to 1740 using Bargello (laughs) embroidery. And yeah, it's like, it's really cool. And then there's another piece that they have. It's a chair seat made sometime between 1700 and 1750. And that's really where then we get to what I was thinking about with Needlepoint is like my family is fortunate enough to have several pieces of like furniture in fact we finally we had duplicates of things so we have passed them on to others but like that that's wonderful yeah i mean it's 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 cool to be able to have these things but needlepoint is it can be tedious i will say like a lot of these pieces were they had a, a large section that was stitched like in a solid color it would have The, you know, like a rose motif in the middle and then a solid color all around it. But whether it's very detailed or just a solid color, that's, it is a lot of, of effort that was put in many, many hours over like in December, back in December, I stitched a very small needlepoint pillow for, um, for a project and it was fun to work on, but it was, it was a lot of hours, right? Like I, at some point I timed things out based on the number of stitches and yeah i've purposely forgotten how many hours i put into it because that would make me cry but uh (laughs) these these were literally things that they made so that then they could sit on them yes or put their feet on them
0: or not
1: or just have as a status symbol that that also uh but like my let's see my cousin's wife Mm -hmm. was she showed me a photo of a needlepoint piece that she has that her grandmother made. Mm -hmm. And it was initially made to be a piano bench cushion Mm -hmm. or cover. So a piano bench is not small. No. Oh, wow. And and the whole thing was needlepointed. It is now framed. She... Did not have I? I can't remember why. Uh, why the that didn't stay as that, but like I we looked the, at it. Um, folded areas were stressed. It's yeah. I mean, or I, she told me at some point, but she sure. showed me and we looked at the thing. She measured it. We're taking like photos and stuff. And that's this so was cool. Ten count uh, based on what we could measure from it being framed yeah uh here's a, i apparently did not do the math at that point but i just pulled this up uh if it had been eight count canvas it would have been over sixty thousand stitches Wow. i will i'll see if i can uh get a get the photo of this to to share with folks but it was like the fact that this Amazing detailed needlework was done and then you sat on it. Is just I it's a but that I blows love my mind.
0: Using things. Yeah. Like my yeah. grandmother specifically, my my mom's mom gives me the family fill in the blank, like the handmade stuff, the embroidered stuff, because I, she knows I will use them. She knows I know how to take care of them, but she knows that I won't just let them sit in a drawer. And, I mean, there are some things, obviously, that are museum quality that should not be used. But when we're talking about everyday family items, unless you're going to frame them, I feel like there's great honor uh, uh, given to your ancestors if you use them. Yes. Yes. Uh, in the way that they were intended. I mean, some things were not intended to be used. Some things were intended to be decorative. Yeah. But many things weren't. Yeah. Um, I also just found something that blew my mind completely by accident. Okay. Um, I found the thing by accident. I guess it also accidentally blew my mind. <laughs> but when I was, I had pulled up the uh, Victoria and Albert Museum article on the history of needlework samplers and hadn't looked at it. Uh Uh-huh. And there is an example of needlework that looks just like it very, very clearly was several steps before um, Quaker needlework would have even existed from 14th to 16th century Egypt
1: that I looks love this
0: yes like it it's a geometric mm-hmm. even weave fabric embroidery but there are a bunch of them like i did not realize how far back some of these motifs went and like i understand that these motifs they like you can tell who's traveled where yeah. By what motifs pop up um, mm-hmm. and when they do. And so I, my mind is just a little bit blown. I realize that even weave fabric does lend itself to geometric embroidery. But some of these things are, like, they're very recognizably similar. Yes. To um, what would eventually be Quaker samplers.
1: Uh, well, and I, Okay. First of all, I love that they refer to these as exemplars. <laughs> that's That's a way better well, word. But the style that is in that Egyptian piece, yeah, is very very similar and it makes sense that it would be to Kasuti embroidery, which is an Indian embroidery style, but mm. you know, again, think about how, you know, where these methods originate and then how they would travel and that makes sense, because it's a, a method where you, like, you stitch with running stitch, and then you work backwards over those stitches. Yeah. In the same way that the embroidery, like, Holbein stitch does a similar thing. But this, like, the patterns have to, like, meet up, and then it becomes the same on the front and the back of the piece. Oh,
0: I see. I'm, I'm now looking at that, end that's
1: cool but like i've i've only ever seen uh example like more traditional indian examples of it this particular one from egypt like there's a cat in it it's so cool (laughs) i mean it's egypt (gasps) it's egypt exactly but also you have like the star shapes that you very traditional in kasuti also in you know quilting and all of those things. But yeah, it's these just make me very excited and yeah.
0: yeah. Well it's so I mean it makes sense given that the population, like humans broadly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: were there and then historically expanded to other places. Yep. And so you do get um more isolated populations that develop specific techniques that are disconnected from those original lines just Mm -hmm. by way of a population being isolated but it's i love that when you're looking especially at specific kinds of making it becomes incredibly clear how connected people are yes and that sounds kind of corny but like you can see the direct lines that connect different people from different places as they moved further away and i just i think that's really really cool especially in a world where at the moment it seems pretty divided and chaotic Yeah. That it makes me very happy to see an example or to be able to see how we all kind of do things the same way.
1: And it makes sense that we would do them kind of in the same way. But yeah, you don't often often stop to think, oh, well, this was just the logical next step or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah. And I just if you if this kind of stuff excites you, definitely like spend some time on the v and a museum website because they
0: have so- the v n a museum website is amazing <laughs> yes, it's they just, do a really good
1: job, yeah, if you have the opportunity to visit at some some point someday if you can go and visit there like do it because. It's, Ooh, I have not, oh, because I've
0: only been to airports in London.
1: Well, it's, I've been there twice, and I still haven't seen the whole thing. Or at thing.
0: least I assume it's in London.
1: Yes, it is. It is. Oh, wait,
0: I know that. Yeah. I know that from the book Red, White, and Royal Blue. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's uh, It's overwhelming, uh, to be honest, but it's, it's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: and I've mentioned this before, I have a friend who works in the textile department at the Met, and so because it's a public museum, you can have them pull uh, things from the collection so you can see them, and most people don't know that, and very few people do that, but you can have them pull a specific number of items and then just go in and look at them and that just it blows my mind in a slightly less overwhelming way because i am well i I imagine going back into the storage areas (laughs) where all of these are kept would probably break my brain yeah but
1: that would be amazing though okay i mean can you imagine Uh. i mean I can
0: maybe more than
1: imagine. Well, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you can. You can.
0: Uh, Uh, But, oh my goodness, it's... uh, Yeah. And and that is a short history. Like, American history does not have the breadth that European history and definitely not of Middle Eastern history. Right. um, And, I mean, some of the items obviously are not from American uh, descent because... That is not the point of this particular museum. Right. But yeah, I, I, I think I would just have full sensory overload. <laughs> like my, like autistic me would just freeze with eyes wide and take it all in. And I would still be standing in the same position 12 hours later as the lights turned off.
1: <laughs> oh, and then they just... And not even in a bad way, just... Then they just like crate you and you become part of the collection. That's fine. I have <laughs> Not, plenty of time to get used to it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I I could be Mothwatch. Perfect. Perfect. They they would have the right person for that. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I I guess I I saw this possibly going other directions, but while we're here, um, the can we just talk about embroidered pockets? Ah. <gasps> There's an entire book devoted to the history of them. No,
0: really? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, boy. I don't remember what it's called. I will find it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need that. Um, because it's, I mean, again. Ah, it's called The Pocket. The Pocket, a okay. Hidden History
0: of Women's Lives. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'll drop it in. Um, or I'll drop the good. Reads slink in
1: okay thank you thank you i
0: don't own it but it's been on my list forever and it also has the very embroidery that you're thinking of mm-hmm. or that we've been discussing yes
1: yes mm-hmm. you know first of all i the idea of tying on your own pockets for garments that don't have pockets like you'd look ridiculous now but because you obviously oh, don't it's making a comeback i i believe it i mean if you think about I've it i've been
0: watching it All over. It's been making a really interesting comeback.
1: Even, like, things like, like, hip pouches or, you know, know, all of those. Women
0: are over not having pockets on everything, and when they don't exist, more often now, they are just being like, no, I'm not actually busying my hands with other things. I'm just going to wear this hip pouch or
1: this... the, the kind of thing that you could add to a belt would be it's perfect right because that's it it, yeah you're not like tying it on obviously so many of these historic pockets were worn under clothing and yet they were still well under
0: clothing that was that had slits yes in it
1: yeah like you could in fact get to the right exactly yes 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 you
0: just needed to know the inner workings (laughs) of your garment like
1: we don't have garments that would even accommodate that if you were to put the slits in place. That's just not you know when we're talking about like like a pair of jeans, jeans with pockets with, that are yes. postage stamp size yeah. or or sewn shut because you're not actually supposed to put anything in them. Um, that, oh, right? I get my seam ripper
0: out immediately. Uh, yeah, if anything arrives with the pocket sewn shut,
1: I'm using it. Yeah, and I don't care. Yeah. What you think. but like <laughs> once again, these pockets which. Could not be seen from the outside are incredibly adorned. Yeah, well,
0: so were many, many. Like when you're thinking back to, I guess, even 18th century, like the sig- or Victorian. Yeah. Um, the significant layers, especially in women's dress, really, particularly in women's dress. There are so many fine details on so many layers of things that literally only the woman and her lady's maid would ever see. Mm -hmm. Like not even spouses (laughs) would see most of these things. And I will say that this is specifically pertaining to um, upper class society women. I imagine that the, uh, the layers were a bit more utilitarian yeah, um, yeah, yeah. or inherited from, like if you happen to be household staff, you might inherit uh, for Boxing Day. The history <laughs> of Boxing Day, in fact, is people um, from estates boxing up treats and um, things to... Give to their servants, and they get the day after Christmas off and
1: take the boxes home to uh, enjoy them. See, there you go. I guess I had not looked into that that history, but well, now it's well, yeah. Like you're
0: boxing up the stuff that you don't want. I think uh, to donate or do whatever. It's not dissimilar, but I. Just and I heard it on a podcast. I'm going to say that I, well, I a, do not remember what podcast it was, um, but it was a British one, okay? So, yeah, I feel fairly confident that they did their research, okay. um,
1: well, but anyway, and so I also, um, we this goes back maybe a couple years now when we talked about the Kirsten project with yes. um, Jessica Quirk, and so she made. The so this is like the American Girl doll, Kirsten, and she has made yes. life size costumes for herself based on the doll's outfits. And one of those, one of those accessories that Kirsten had was a little, um, a little pocket, a waist pocket, I think, is what is officially uh, referred to in this particular case. And it is yeah, designed this is really really pretty. Yeah, it's designed to be worn on the outside. And I, she did. I remember. Uh, a post that she had showing, oh, she calls it a loose pocket. Or, oh, there's a, there's a Swedish word for it. Kjálsak? I might have that wrong, because even though my family is Swedish, I don't speak Swedish. But, um. That sounds about right. Um, but, so there, that's, like, a whole other category. Is that extra pocket? Uh, She's translating it as loose pocket. Or
0: extra bag. Um.
1: Okay, but... I'm just going with
0: what I know from uh, it being close enough to German for me to... Okay, yeah,
1: but... So that's, like, they have their own, like, in Scandinavian tradition, you see their own version of these kinds of pockets. And, yeah, they're so cool, and I just... They are really cool, and, and yeah, the... It does make me want to create a modern version for myself or to to share because it is it's exactly the kind of thing that people still are seeking it is and i've actually
0: weirdly been all week trying to find a hip pouch with a i mean basically it's a hip holster but with a thigh strap okay because that would be very helpful Navigating the subway and not like bonking people. Oh yeah, with um, with holding things. Not that I am taking the train <laughs> these days, but I can't find one that isn't wider than me. Okay, and so I, I'm gonna need to design one because I, they're largely designed to be for men and women, oh. and I just happen to yeah. fall on the far end of that possibility. But see, I
1: feel like. That just means that you need one that would also fit, like, a teenager, really.
0: I want you to know, related to that, just so you can shake your head with me, I had to purchase a new bike helmet this week.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I had to purchase it in youth small. Wow! (laughs) Oh, you've got a small head. I just, come on. No wonder I've always looked like I was wearing like another head on top of my head with adult um, bike helmets. Uh, but anyway, um, just under 21 inches in case anyone's wondering. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my. And babies have big heads, so. Okay.
1: Well, it's true. Your it's he- true. Your head circumference doesn't grow all that it's much true. after a certain Trust point. Trust me, my my brother... My brother Anders, who really helped us get yeah. a lot of things set up for this podcast. Shout yeah, out to him. I love Anders. Um, he, had, <laughs> he had an enormous head as a, as a baby. To the point where we <laughs> joke that it may not have actually sh- changed all that much since then. He had a very large it's
0: head. It's entirely possible. Yeah.
1: It was actually kind of adorable. So <laughs> Okay. That's really funny. And I'm
0: sorry <clears throat> to take it down that rabbit hole. It's just that...
1: It's all right. I'm telling you, I'm over here. I'm over here scrolling through the Kjálsak from the Digital Museum in Sweden, and I'm putting it in the show notes and everyone is just going to... Oh, please do. Yeah.
0: Yes. I feel it maybe we should... um make a Patreon level specifically for getting
1: this thing that we will inevitably design at some yeah, point. Yeah. i I also as you it's as you were saying the one what you need, I was thinking, we should design these in tandem and release them together.
0: Well I'm glad that we still are reading each other's minds. Uh-huh. We've been overlapping a lot today. We have
1: and I, oh, I like these it. These are amazing. <laughs> it's it's an extensive list. Um well, I love the like
0: clamshell design, the the metallic clamshell design that has like almost a gigantic jewelry loop for going around for going onto belts. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems like something I would break immediately. Yeah, some of these But also I love. Yeah, it.
1: some of these are very much like uh, a coin purse with the really you know, again, yeah. satisfying little snap top kind of a thing but then they Well, can these hang. remind
0: me of Chatelaine's. Yeah. Yeah. But for wearing around your waist. I have a Chatelaine hanging right next to my head. Of course you do.
1: Of course you do. A real one. I, again, I'm I'm a little envious because that is on my list of things too. The, I think the first time I ever saw, saw a Chatelaine was at the V&A Museum because it all seems to be connected.
0: Yeah. everything goes back to the vna museum i don't think there has ever been an episode that we've had that i couldn't have found something related to (laughs) it at the vna
1: probably probably true it is like like craft history museum unofficially i would say i mean yeah officially probably (laughs) well yeah but you know like yeah no one has officially declared it to be that but it's as close as you will ever get, so, yeah.
0: I don't know what the mission statement of the VNA actually is.
1: Uh, I don't know. You have to ask Victoria and Albert what they were thinking about it.
0: I've researched that once. That doesn't it's... help because I don't remember.
1: Yeah, well, gosh, these, I mean, and by the way, this, this particular collection of these pockets, they're, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the things to go along with it are in swedish so you would have you have to go through some extra steps to get to to reading them if you're an english speaker however or a speaker of any language really but um but it's there's a lot of information it's really cool
0: all right i haven't even so the victorian elbert is according to itself um the world's leading museum of art and design, housing a permanent collection of over 2.3 million objects that spanned over 5,000 years of human creativity. All right. Yeah. uh, The museum holds many of the UK's national collection and houses... Some of the greatest resources for the study of architecture, furniture, fashion, textiles, photography, sculpture, painting, jewelry, glass, ceramics, book arts, Asian art and design, theater and performance. I didn't expect that to keep going. (laughs) Anyway, Um, so
1: that's official enough. I'm just going to put this out here that this, this digital museum that I have that I'm going to, it'll be in the show notes with the, with the pockets, but they, it's really cool. They have also, um, a whole lot of other stuff to, to explore, including like some tapestries that are, wow, you know, we could do, we could discuss tapestries at length. I guess in Needlepoint we're kind of getting into that, but yeah. yeah. Um,
0: We should go see the Unicorn Tapestry next time you're here.
1: Yeah. Because I haven't been up to the Cloisters. Okay. all right, It's a plan. Someday it will happen. (laughs) You know. At some point. Uh, At some point. But anyway, this was like honestly, I wasn't sure how this episode would would go, but I, I thought we would I, I didn't expect to end up so like deep into these exciting, beautiful things. And yet I'm so thankful that we did yeah. a little all over the place. But, you know, less this all what over happens. the place than we had planned to be. True. True. We, we ended up focusing more. Uh, we do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you uh, for those of you listening, I hope that you explore some of these things on your own as well. Like, we'll we'll try and get some good. Good show note links here yeah. for you. But yeah, it, this, is, this is how
0: ideas are born. <laughs> yep. And I mean, also how crafters are made. Yeah. Because yeah. there are reasons that people have been picking up needles and colored threads for as long as humans have had the option for either of those things. Um yes and, uh, no, I was gonna go down the uh prehistoric path of that, and I'm just gonna <laughs> leave that alone
1: yep we we've already we've we've had like we've already gone down enough paths of of I agree. things, but yeah, shall I wrap us up then? <laughs> yes, let's do that
0: <laughs> all right, um and uh on that very, very exciting note. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Because as every other podcast in the world has already told you, good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which really does help more people who love crafting find us. And
1: and now now we just have to go and uh, try not to start making pockets.
0: <laughs> We're gonna make pockets. Spoiler alert! It's gonna word.
1: happen. I know it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think
0: it's going to happen in the immediate future because we're both busy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But um,
0: that has never stopped us before. I don't know what I'm even saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like me deciding to, you know, just on the spur of the moment, try to put together a puzzle when I really should not be putting together a puzzle. It's a pretty puzzle. It is a pretty puzzle. I've been sucked into the jigsaw puzzle yeah, uh, I might thing, actually have to no. get
0: that puzzle too, Jeremy and I yeah.
1: like to put puzzles together. Okay. All right. Oh good. Okay. Well, then puzzles will have to just be another topic of conversation at some point. So, it's I'm sure true. that there's a I'm sure there's a good craft conne- connection for us.
0: Although, we are now going to transition into things we should not start. So, if you aren't That's already true. a uh, member of our Patreon, Go do that and uh, we'll follow down some more bad idea, great idea rabbit holes. (laughs)
1: All All right. Bye for now. Bye.